Chapter Four of the Maid of Scar. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. The Maid of Scar by R. D. Blackmore. Chapter Four. He lands an unexpected fish. Now, as the rising sea came sliding over the coronet of rocks as well as through the main entrance for even the brim of the pool is covered at high water i beheld a glorious sight stored in my remembrance of the southern regions but not often seen at home the day had been very hot and brilliant with a light air from the south and at sunset a haze arose and hung as if it were an awning over the tranquil sea first a gauze of golden colour as the western light came through and then a tissue shot with red and now a veil of silvery softness as the summer moon grew bright then the quiet waves began as their plaided lines rolled onward into frills of whiteness in the very curl and fall to glisten with a flitting light presently as each puny breaker overshone the one in front not the crest and comb alone but the slope behind it and the crossing flaws inshore gleamed with hovering radiance and soft flashes vanishing till in the deepening of the dusk each advancing crest was sparkling with a mane of fire every breaking wavelet glittered like a shaken seam of gold thence the shower of beads and lustres lapsed into a sliding tear moving up the sands with light or among the pebbles breaking into a cataract of gems being an ancient salt of course i was not dismayed by this show of phosphorus nor even much astonished but rather pleased to watch the brightness as it brought back to my mind thoughts of beautiful sunburnt damsels whom i had led along the shore of the lovely mediterranean yet our stupid landsmen far and wide were panic struck and hundreds fell upon their knees expecting the last trump to sound all i said to myself was this no wonder had i had such sport to-day change of weather soon i doubt and perhaps a thunderstorm as i gazed at all this beauty trying not to go astray with wonder and with weariness there in the gateway of black rock with the offing dark behind her and the glittering waves upon their golden shoulders bearing her sudden as an apparition came a smoothly gliding boat beaded all athwart the bows and down the bends with drops of light holding stem well up in air and the forefoot shedding gold she came as straight toward this poor and unconverted davy as if an angel held the tiller with an admiral in the stern sheets 
Hereupon such terror seized me, after the wonders of the day, that my pole fell downright into the water, of which a big fish wronged me so as to slip the hook and be off again, and it was no more than the turn of a hare, but what I had run away head over heels. For the day had been so miraculous, beginning with starvation, and going on with so much heat and hard work, and enjoyment, and such a draught of fishes, that a poor body's wits were gone with it, and therefore I doubt not it must have been an especial decree of providence that in turning round to run away I saw my big fish basket. To carry this over the rocks at a run was entirely impossible, although I was still pretty good in my legs, but to run away without it was a great deal more impossible for a man who had caught the fish himself, and beside the fish in the basket there must have been more than two hundredweight of bass that would not go into it. Three hundred and a half in all was what I set it down at, taking no heed of prawns and lobsters, and with any luck in selling, it must turn two guineas. Hence, perhaps, it came to pass as much as from downright bravery, of which sometimes I have some little, that I felt myself bound to creep back again under the shade of a cold, wet rock, just to know what that boat was up to. A finer floatage I never saw, and her lines were purely elegant, and she rode above the water without so much as parting it. Then, in spite of all my fear, I could not help admiring, and it struck me hotly at the heart, oh, if she is but a real boat, what a craft for my business! And with that I dropped all fear, for I had not been able for many years to carry on my fishing as skill and knowledge warranted, only because I could not afford to buy a genuine boat of my own, and hitherto had never won the chance without the money." as yet i could see no soul on board no one was rowing that was certain neither any sign of a sail to give her steerage way however she kept her course so true that surely there must be some hand invisible at the tiller this conclusion flurried me again very undesirably and i set my right foot in such a manner as to be off in a twinkling of anything unholy but god has care of the little souls which nobody else takes heed of and so he ordained that the boat should heel and then yaw across the middle of the pool but for which black rocks alone would have been her welcome at once my heart came back to me, for I saw at once as an old sailor pretty well up in shipwrecks, that the boat was no more than a derelict, and feeling that here was my chance of chances, worth perhaps ten times my catch of fish, I set myself in earnest to the 
catching of that boat therefore i took up my pole again and finding that the brace of fish whom i had been over scared to land had got away during my slackness i spread the hooks and cast them both with the slugs of lead upon them and half a fathom of spare line ready as far as ever my arms would throw the flight of the hooks was beyond my sight for the phosphorus spread confusion but i heard most clearly the thump thump of the two leaden bobs the heavy and the light one upon hollow planking upon this i struck as i would at a fish and the hooks got hold or at any rate one of them and i felt the light boat following faster as she began to get away on the haul and so i drew her gently toward me being still in some misgiving although resolved to go through with it but bless my heart when the light boat glided buoyantly up to my very feet and the moon shone over the starboard gunwale and without much drawback i gazed at it behold the little craft was laden with a freight of pure innocence all for captain crew and cargo was a little helpless child in the stern sheets fast asleep with the baby face towards me lay a little child in white something told me that it was not dead or even ailing only adrift upon the world and not at all aware of it quite an atom of a thing taking god's will anyhow cast no doubt according to the rocking of the boat only with one tiny arm put up to keep the sun away before it fell asleep being taken quite aback with pity sorrow and some anger which must have been of instinct i laid hold of the bows of the skiff and drew her up a narrow channel where the land spring found its way the lift of a round wave helped her on and the bladder-weed saved any chafing a brand-new painter by the feel it was that i caught hold of but instead of a hitch at the end it had a clean sharp cut across it having made it fast with my fishing-pole jammed hard into a crevice of rock i stepped on board rather gingerly and seating myself on the forward thwart gazed from a respectful distance at the little stranger the light of the moon was clear and strong and the phosphorus of the sea less dazing as the night grew deeper therefore i could see pretty well and i took a fresh plug of tobacco before any further meddling for the child was fast asleep and according to my experience they are always best in that way end of chapter four